So I wanted to change direction a little bit as we're coming towards the end of the day. Still working with the mind, but seeing how we can use the mind's function of perception and formations in a way that's skillful. So we don't have to just be at the mercy of all the stories and the narrative and the reactions that we get caught in. When the mind, the heart, the body are still and we have enough clarity, then there's the wisdom to discern this isn't helpful, this isn't useful, this isn't beneficial to me, it's not beneficial to others. How can I do things differently? This is the whole point of befriending the mind, getting to know our default patterns and habits and settings so that we can de-nurture the ones that are not beneficial and strengthen the ones that are. And I like to emphasize that because in some settings where mindfulness is taught, the practice is taught almost entirely is just be with your experience. Don't try to change it. Just be with it. Just be with it. Just be with it. And that is true in the Buddha's teachings for the first three establishments of mindfulness. We just know the body is the body. We know feeling tones as feeling tones. We know mind states as mind states. But in the fourth establishment, we're invited to get active to interact to engage with our experience and to discern whether it's beneficial or harmful so it's not only just about being with experience exactly as it is if what we're recognizing is harmful then we want to learn how to release it if what we're recognizing is skillful then we want to learn how to strengthen and deepen and prolong it So this afternoon I wanted to help support training in skillful perceptions through the practice of metta, of kindness, which as most of you know is the first of four particular meditations that very directly strengthen beneficial qualities of heart and mind. So metta or kindness is the first one, then karuna or compassion, Mudita, or appreciative joy, and Upeka, or equanimity. So many of you are familiar with, I like to um, talk about the practice in terms of the two wings of awakening. I mentioned this in the public talk on Thursday, that everything the Buddha offered is in service of strengthening one of those two wings, either the wisdom wing or the compassion wing. And you can see from that model, we need both wings to be equally well-developed if we're going to fly. So the wisdom wing includes mindfulness practice and insight practice. The compassion wing includes all of the Brahma-viharas, including kindness, and qualities like the ten paramis, generosity and ethical conduct and so on. And the awakening factors. For those of you who are familiar with the Buddha's list, just touching into and naming the awakening factors, mindfulness, investigation, energy, joy, calm, concentration, and equanimity. So everything we're doing 
over the arc of our practice is about releasing what's unskillful, strengthening what's skillful in the service of ever-deepening wisdom and compassion, which leads to ultimately the deepest freedom of heart and mind, which is awakening. One definition of awakening or nibbana that for me is very practical and accessible is that it's the heart-mind that's free of greed, free of hatred, free of delusion. Those toxic energies that we were exploring earlier in relation to feeling tone. And we can taste that in moments. We can start to recognize, even right now, you know, if you think of greed on a scale of 1 to 10 or 0 to 10, how much greed is present right now? The fact that you're here means it's not at a 10. <laughs> Otherwise, you would be out there doing something different. So, you know, notice how strong is any kind of wanting in the mind right now? How about aversion? You know, maybe there's a bit of reaction to the heat or tiredness or whatever, but it's probably not, I'm guessing, at a 9 or a 10. Is that fair to say? So celebrate that. And likewise, delusion or ignorance, you're all listening. As far as I can tell, nobody's zonked out snoring their heads off. So, you know, there's some degree of engagement, of interest, of, of presence. I wanted to offer that as an exercise because of the negativity bias that I mentioned the other night. We all have. We tend to overemphasize the negative and underemphasize the positive. So consciously celebrating what's going well in the practice is a powerful way to sort of bring us back into balance. So I'd like to offer a short guided kindness or metta meditation. Before we go there, how many people find metta practice really challenging? How many people loathe it? <laughs> yeah, loathe it. Yeah, okay, but on a scale, it's not easy. Yeah, and I sometimes name myself as a former hardcore metta skeptic. And I use the word loathe because I used to loathe meta practice. So just to say you're not alone, and if this is challenging, apologies in advance, and thank you for being willing to give it a try. I thought to do something slightly different, I think most of you who've done meta practice are familiar with reciting phrases, offering it to categories of people. Is that true? Is that how you normally have taught it? How many people have done the radiating energy method of meta practice? A few. So I'm going to offer it that way just to see if that is in any way easier. So what that involves, rather than using the cognitive mind and thinking and visualizing and so on, we're trying to just bring in that quality of warmth into the heart center and then imaginatively or visualizing or energetically sending that energy out to the front, the side, the back, the other side, and then above, below, and all around, and to all as to oneself. You might recognize those phrases from the sutta. So... I will speak more loudly when I give the guidance. Thank you. And if you want to come forward a little, that might help.
just because when you're doing meta, it can be a little hard to sort of be bellowing out the, the phrases. So I'll do my best to keep speaking a little more loudly. Is that okay for you now? That's better, thank you. Okay, great. So we're trying to bring this energy into the heart. And when I've done this with Bhikkhu Analio, he suggests that we start by bringing to mind an image of a being, human or animal, where we feel a natural sense of affection. So if you have a pet, perhaps a dog or a cat, or I don't know, maybe a goldfish, just some being or a baby, a cousin, a nephew, grandchild, or it could be someone like His Holiness the Dalai Lama, just any kind of being where when you think of them, there's that flicker of warmth. And let that be the kind of ignition image for you, the warmth of your kindness. And then I'll encourage us in stages to expand that energy. One of the challenges with meta practice is people sometimes think it's about manufacturing an emotion. And as I think you, we all know, when we try to make ourselves feel kind, usually we get stage fright or toddler-like rebellion. So don't push, don't force, don't manufacture. If your meta energy feels like a tiny little flicker, fantastic. At least you've got that. And if you've got nothing, no worries. At least you're sitting here not running, screaming from the room. So, you know, make the most of however it is for you and don't judge or push. Just see if you can stay open. Okay. <laughs>